0: Welcome to our discussion of Oscar Wilde's fairy tales. Are you all sitting comfortably? Well, then let us begin. Welcome to Outside of a Dog Minisode. Hello and welcome to the second half of what turned out to be our Oscar Wilde month, sort of, for a minisode on his fairy tales and the man himself. Specifically, we're talking about The Selfish Giant and The Happy Prince, probably his two most famous fairy tales, really. The Selfish Giant is about a giant, unsurprisingly, who has a beautiful garden. But he doesn't let anyone play in it. Instead he builds a high wall around it. But without any children playing in it, the flowers and the spring don't feel like coming to the garden. And so instead the snow and the cold and the winter and the cold north wind and the hail take residence there. And it is only when the children return through a hole in the wall that the giant realizes how beautiful it is to have company in his garden and to share what he has. For many years, the children play in the garden until one day the giant finds a little boy with the markings of nails in his palms and feet in his garden and he dies and the little boy takes him to paradise
1: the happy prince on the other hand is about not an actual prince but the statue of a prince who apparently in life was happy the entire time but now as a statue he can see what ills have befallen his princedom basically so he's constantly sad he befriends a swallow that has just come out of an unhappy love affair with a reed yes a reed and is on its way to Egypt with the other swallows. The prince asks the swallow to help the poor people of the city by using the valuable stones and the gold of the statue to give to the poor people. And the swallow obliges, but winter is coming, and in the end, the swallow dies helping the prince. The prince's heart breaks because of that and the statue is molten down and turned into a statue of the mayor of the city which is much more practical
0: i suggested that we talk about these fairy tales because on the one hand they're a very approachable work by oscar wilde and they were also what i first encountered when i was a child i had an audiobook of the happy prince which just broke my heart and the story is very dear to me to this day. Um, When I was a teaching assistant teaching WILD, I once just described the plot of the story to my students and it moved me so much that I teared up in the classroom, which was not embarrassing at all, of course. (laughs) To me, these stories are utterly enchanting, as you would expect from a fairy tale. They're utterly magical because they are so weird. Like you said, a swallow falls in love with a reed. And then there's this kind of social satire that the metal of the statue is turned into a statue of the mayor, which is a lot more practical. And all these little wild witticisms are still in there. But at the same time, the stories are so wonderful and magical that they just pull my heartstrings. Well, I liked those
1: fairy tales a lot more when they were published by Hans Christian Andersen.
0: No, now... Nah, nah. Uh, well now you can't
1: then. you can't deny that there are obvious parallelisms. No, the weirdness, no. the use of objects Come as on.
0: and why not? I and mean. and and Wilde is very conscious of that and he acknowledges it by referring to Anderson in The Happy Prince, for example. One of the poor people who is given one of the eyes of the Happy Prince is a girl selling matchsticks who dropped her matchsticks in a puddle. And at the end The statue is melted down, but the only thing that does not melt is the heart, the broken heart of the happy prince, like in The Brave Tin Soldier. Since when is it a problem that one author from the late 19th century refers to an earlier author from the second half of the 19th century? Well, it's not a problem. I don't
1: even take that as criticism. I think... Anderson's style is amazing. The weirdness of his fairy tales is something that more authors should actually emulate. And the sadness of them as well. This is something that Wilde takes up, the sadness of these stories. In The Selfish Giant, it's a bit more hopeful, maybe, because The Selfish Giant learns a lesson, basically. But regarding the tone, it is very close to Anderson. What I still really find fascinating about these fairy tales is, similarly to Dorian Gray, it seems to be more about Wilde as a person than about the fairy tales themselves. That these, again, are works where he saw something of himself. You could very, very easily see him as the selfish giant. You could very, very easily see him as the happy prince. The statue of the happy prince realizes that the wonders of a beautiful life, of luxury and superficial beauty, are nothing if you cannot help others, and that only helping and connecting to others really makes a life worthwhile, even if that might mean that it's a tragic story and that you sacrifice yourself for it. And I think, again, comparing this to Wilde's life, you can really see that he put a lot of himself in these stories. And I think that
0: adds to the appeal to the connection we feel to these fairy tales. The interpretation that the Happy Prince is Wild and that the Selfish Giant is Wild is often made. As I mentioned in our main episode on Wilde, it is also made in the biopic with Stephen Fry, where he tells the story of the Selfish Giant to his sons. I think that is a bit of a problem, though, because then we're basically saying that Wilde saw himself as this great figure who stood on high above the others and looked down on them and dispensed his charity and was so good that he couldn't survive, that he sacrificed himself for them. Now, I'm not saying Wilde wasn't full of himself. Uh, By all accounts, he was. Quite. But I think um, it's a bit problematic to say, oh, Wilde is like the Happy Prince. I think he is critical of the Happy Prince as well, for example. The the Happy Prince is self-destructive. And that is not necessarily presented as something positive because he drags the swallow down with him. The swallow dies and that is heartbreaking. However, then the fairy tale ends with God telling an angel to bring him the two most valuable things from that city where the story is set. And the angel brings him the dead swallow and the broken heart of the prince. There he's really pulling out all the stops, isn't he? It's almost too kitsch. But it still works for me. So, I don't know. I think identifying wild, uh, identifying these stories, rather, as autobiography has its advantages, and I can see where you're coming from, but I think it is at the very abstract level. It's very indirect.
1: I don't think it's that indirect but I agree that they still work as fairy tales. I remember reading the story of the selfish giant and being quite touched as a child, and I think even nowadays the simplicity of the tale, because it is a really simple tale, not to use that disparagingly, but it is much more coherent than the happy prince, which is a much weirder tale. And I think the selfish giant especially still works as a clear, and very emotional story that you can connect to. The Happy Prince has these elements as well, this tragic story of the swallow and the prince. It's more complicated, it's weirder, it's maybe a bit incoherent at times, but it's there as well.
0: Though, to be fair, the Happy Prince is also a bit inconsistent. Uh, For example, one of the poor people who the swallow is sent to help is a student who needs to finish writing a play and he doesn't uh, have enough wood to make a fire in his room, and he's hungry as well, that's kind of a first-world problem. Uh, But still, even despite that, the story gets me. Every time it gets me. And, I mean, basically, both of these stories have the moral, be kind to others. And The Happy Prince maybe has the additional moral, ah, but make sure that you don't destroy yourself in the process. And I think that is something we can agree on, can't we? we can so my
1: opinion would be you don't need to read these fairy tales considering the breadth of wiles over his plays dorian gray the ballad of reading jail the ghost of canterville which i absolutely
0: adore the canterville ghosts. oh sorry
1: the can- you
0: adore it so much that you don't even know its title <clears throat>
1: oh shit. <laughs> The Cantival Ghost, which I absolutely adore. These are all works I would put above these fairy tales. But the fairy tales still have their distinct place in Wilde's work. And as a kind of, not just an add-on, but as a piece of the mosaic, you could really do worse than just read them and feel the emotional value they still have.
0: I will come out and say this. I don't really like The Ballad of Reading Jail or De Profundis. So um, I actually think that the fairy tales are much more what Wilde is all about. I would say you definitely should read them. Not just The Happy Prince and The Selfish Giant, also uh, The Remarkable Rocket, The Princess and the Dwarf, all of these great, strange and heartbreaking, heartbreaking tales. Read them, cry about them, and then thank me for breaking your heart.
1: And also read Hans Christian Andersen,
0: because he's amazing. Another thing we can agree on. So that is it for Oscar Wilde, for now. And come back in two weeks' time for our discussion of Wuthering Heights. Thanks for listening. Please come back next time for a proper
1: episode of Outside of the Dog.